0: Uh, Luke, Luke chapter 2. Uh, this isn't a photograph of a guy called Simeon, but it is a well-known painting of this guy called Simeon. And we're just going to read this, this. thing. This is the moment when Jesus was dedicated, when Jesus was taken into the temple. In the same way we've had these little children coming in, we just prayed for them. This is the moment when the same thing happened um, to Jesus. And it's uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This old man. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. It just means, consolation of Israel means the time when Israel would be consoled, would be comforted, encouraged. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus for him to uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took the little Jesus in his arms and said, and blessed God and said, God, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel, and his father. Jesus' father and mother marveled at what was being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword, by the way, will pierce through your soul also, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I'm just going to really quickly, a few things that we can learn about this story when Jesus was taken into the temple and dedicated. And the first thing that I just wanted to say is this that, and I, when I read the, these verses, I hadn't even seen it for a while, but it said, Simeon, this old man, he was in the Holy Spirit. And, he, and then he was in the Holy Spirit, and then he walked into the, holy, into the temple, and said he said like, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And it, it, just, it struck me that I, I've been asking myself that question a lot recently. What does it mean like to live in the holy spirit because i want to be somebody like Simeon who could be waiting for years and years and thinking oh god you're going to do something and then suddenly you see this little baby and immediately you think that's it that's what i've been waiting for god i can die now because i've seen this little baby and i want to be somebody who walks with the holy spirit like that i, I want to be so hungry to know more of the Spirit in my life, that I can see something of God, and think, you know, this is the moment that I've been waiting for. And when it, that in the Bible, it talks about the Holy Spirit. It talks about the Greek word is, I, I know no Greek. I do know a few Greek people, but I don't know very much Greek people. But I, the word Greek is paraclete, and it's, it means the Holy Spirit is this one who comes alongside, who acts as your advocate. If you are in a weak position, The Holy Spirit will come and act as your advocate and the Holy Spirit will come along as your helper. And I want to be a man that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Simeon was this man who lived, I think he must have lived every day, hungry for God. I'm sure he must have gone into the temple and just been hungry for God to know more of God's Spirit being poured out on him. And when we are like that, Jesus has a habit, doesn't he, of turning up where he is most wanted the Holy Spirit has a habit of filling people who most want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Simeon was that man. And I want to be like that. You know, sometimes when um, we, have, we have three children and um, it was, sometimes it would be a little bit bad when they were younger, people would almost say, oh, if forgive me for saying this, oh, if only we could just like, be like that family. <laughs> and you just think, if only you knew. Madwella knows that she, she, yeah, yeah, if only you knew. The arguments in the car on the way in, the forced smiles in worship. (laughs) The long, long telling off when the children are just desperately saying, I think I've understood now, can you stop telling me off now? The moments of anguish and and pain, and you know, sometimes we can get to this place where you can always have churches that, like this catwalk of like, holiness, can't you? And you think, oh, it's all right for them. But I just need to let you know it's not okay for anybody. <laughs> There's this sense of, oh no, uh, uh, we live flawed lives. Anybody who says that being a parent is easy, anybody who's saying that being alive is easy, they're just like, it's nonsense. But in the midst of it all, I want to be like Simeon. Because in Christ, all things come together. And actually, when we, when we just love Jesus and we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he will guide us and he will lead us. I, I want to also grow up to have a beard like that. That would be great, wouldn't it, to be a, have a beard like Simeon? Okay, so that's my first point. Simeon, he was just a man in the Spirit. He just saw things. And I want to see things in the Spirit. Number two is this. Jesus... You, you can tell Jesus was definitely, if you read that passage, Jesus was born with a purpose, wasn't he? Simeon was waiting for like all his life to see Jesus come in and say, now, I, now I've seen, I know. This is the man who's going to bring hope to the world. This is the man who is uh, the, like this really small little baby and yet he has got a massive calling on his life. And ultimately this little baby that was there, by the way, in that picture, it's got Jesus with very blonde hair. I don't think, by the way, Jesus had blonde hair. Just putting it out there, I don't think that's true. But this little baby, Simeon, saw it and said, this little child, actually everybody who comes to this child is going to be able to come before almighty God with no guilt and no shame. Imagine that! Imagine being able to come before the God who made everything guiltless, forgiven, and free. And Simeon knew it. And he knew that 33 years later that this child who lived a perfect life was going to grow into a man that was then going to die on a cross to carry my sin and your sin. I mean, it's just extraordinary. We know it all the time, don't we? we? We hear the gospel all the time. But sometimes I just, oh, God, please tell me again the truth of this, that I can stand before you and I don't have to look away. You know, sometimes the funny thing is when you look at kids, you know, because the theme of kids, you'd sit kids down and you say, now, look at me. They will look anywhere. They will look anywhere apart from at you if they're guilty. And it's the easiest thing in the world, isn't it? They just know if they're guilty, they can't really look. There's something about human beings. You can't, you can't look into somebody's eyes and be guilty. There will come this point, my dear friends, when you and I, we will look God in the eye. And we will look back at him. And we won't feel guilty. Even though we've lived pretty catastrophic, (laughs) guilt laden lives, but we will be free because Jesus took the penalty for us. Jesus had a very clear purpose. And I just wanted to say to you that every child has a purpose in life. Every single child has a purpose in life. Jesus said this as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Every single child. Everything from a little embryo onwards has a purpose. And one of those, but that's why we ask these likely parents, will you do everything you can to encourage your children to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength? Yeah, it's because one of the purposes of children is they, they need to be part of this chain of humanity that goes on through the years and, years and years of people that love Jesus. That's part of our responsibility. And their job as parents is to nurture them and to guide them and to encourage them and occasionally to discipline them, but above all else, love them in a way that they won't question that their Heavenly Father loves them as well. Just to keep loving them. And you know, and somebody said to me that every single child is born with a particular purpose, to love the Lord your God, right. But also, I believe in God's goodness, he gives every child something that they are very, very good at. Sometimes you just got to find the thing that that child is good at. And I think, you know, even for us as parenting, you're thinking, I've, I tell you what, I've got plans for my children. I have got good plans for my children. I know what they're going to do. I know which school, I know which university. I know what, I know what they're going to do. And sometimes God says, ha-ha, but I've got other plans for them. No, 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 God, you don't understand that. You don't know your children like I know them. This is what they need. And sometimes, you know, we've had to learn the lesson to sometimes to let go of what we think our plan, particularly actually for me, because I'm a little bit more aggy like that. I just, no, God, this is the plans. And I have to learn to let go and say, God, you have got plans for these children that I do not know about. And actually, whether you're a parent or not, we need to be looking at all the children and the young people and constantly speak words of grace and affirmation into the saying, no, you are so good at that. Just find something that children are really good at and speak the words of goodness and gro- truth and grace into them. If, if you want to know the verse that backs that up, it's Ephesians 2.10. God's created us, for we're creating Christ Jesus to do good works which he's prepared in advance for us to do. Everybody's got that over their lives. Okay. The third thing that I just want to say uh, is this. Mary, it says in the Bible that, that Mary and Joseph were speechless with surprise. <laughs> It says they marvelled about what was being... They marvelled. They they thought, well, we've got this little splodgy kid, and now this man, Simeon, who's this old, like, hearer of the faith, is coming speaking words of of extraordinary grace into my child's life. In the Message version of the Bible, it says, Jesus' father and mother were speechless and surprised at their words. I, I don't know why they were so surprised, but God... I think we just need to come back and say, no, God does have plans, And I think we want to be saying that I would like my children to use, like, our sense of devotion to God as a platform on which they spring forward. That my goal is that that they would far exceed where we're at. My, My goal is that they would plant hundreds of churches across North London, you know, not just one or two, hundreds of the things. They would start gospel fires all over the place, that they would go into countries where they're, like, The gospel has never been preached before, whereas we've been a little bit too scared to do that. But we would be pushed. No, I say, come on! God is on you. God is on you. God has got extraordinary plans for your life. And then occasionally you think, how can, if you've seen children from the same family, how on earth, God, tell me how you can have some children out of the same mould and are so different? What's going on? (laughs) Barking mad. I'll tell you one of the reasons why that happens is this. Because God's got an individual plan for each one of these children. And they're different. And they need to be moulded and shaped differently. And we need to be the the people of faith that will speak grace and kindness and encouragement and occasionally booting them on and say, come on, God's got plans for your lives. Uh, The last one is this. Uh, Number four is that just need to warn you that um, <laughs> parenting will cause both pain and joy. <laughs> and J- J- Jill said, "Yeah, if you want to say about pain, yeah, you have to say there'll be joy as well." Okay. Um, <clears throat> t- can I just just put your hands up? Does anybody know who Austin McBroom and Catherine Piazza? Okay, just. Can you put the next slide on, Tim? Oh, there you go. Yeah. So this morning I Googled famous family Instagram influencers. Daisy, do you know them? <laughs> yeah, one person knows them. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is what I just. Yeah, exactly. This is the quote that I found. I found of them uh, the one of the top Instagram influencer families. These guys are from California. They're an example of a happy family that goes crazy, makes fun, visits interesting places, and just shares the most important moments together. When we have each other, we have everything, writes Austin under one of, the po- under one of his posts. You know, I sometimes <laughs> just think, if you could do the metaphorical, put that picture up, and I don't know this family, okay. I don't know this family. I, 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 I need to be careful not to, like, to judge them in any way. But one thing I do, need, I do think we need to be so, so careful is looking at all these pictures of perfect families and thinking, oh, that's, it's just always going to be like that. And, the, and you can look on Instagram and you can see them all the time and they will, they, will, they will never post things when things go badly wrong. They only post pictures when they're smiling or visiting the most amazing places with the most amazing backdrops and everything is going absolutely perfectly for them. It's just not life and it's not real. And you look at it if you want to, but you have to know you have to deconstruct it for what it really is. Sometimes it's a pernicious lie that just gets into our heads and makes us think we're rubbish. <laughs> and I just I want to urge us to be, to be careful looking at Instagram or looking around us and comparing ourselves to other people. Whereas what happened when Jesus was taken in fact, could, could we go on one? I can't bear to have that on the screen for too long. Okay? <laughs> Let's go back to something that's a little bit more Bible-based. You know what happened when, when Jesus, when Mary and Joseph took Jesus into the temple, and Simeon said this, this, is the, this young little baby here is the hope of the world, but he will pierce your heart with pain. It's tricky. He says this, that he will be misunderstood, contradicted, rejected, and it'll feel like you've been stabbed. But he said that because of that, though, that the deepest hearts of many will be revealed, the deepest thoughts of many will be revealed. And, you know, I think sometimes we just need to recognise that there is, there is pain, you know, when in life is painful. Life is really painful. And we have to deal with the complexities of life. And sometimes we... We don't really understand that there are certain situations that I do not understand why God allows certain things to happen. So I just, I, I do not know. <laughs> I just, we, we cannot really understand that, but the one thing that I do know is this, that in those moments of acute pain, in the same way that Simeon spoke into Mary's life and said, this child is going to be the hope of all the world, and yet he's also, it's going to be painful, it's going to be a rocky journey. I do know that that came from a man who is deeply, deeply in the presence of Jesus. And that, my friends, is where I think we find meaning. In the complexity of life, I want to be the person that just drives myself into the presence of Jesus. You know, I I am really, (laughs) I have two, I don't know how many nieces I have, I have quite a few actually, but I have two of my nieces, they weren't brought up in a particularly Christian family. And, um, but they are so on fire for Jesus. So on fire for Jesus. The reason is, I, I'm pretty convinced, is that their grandma just prayed consistently for them. My mum. And, and, you know, it's just, extra, I think she just thought, no, I'm my mum, who in the end, she went completely, she was doolally most of her life, to be fair, actually. She was barking mad. But, but she, in a, in a really lovely, lovely way, you know, many stories I could tell you about, but anyway, but like she, she just prayed, you know, and she prayed for these two young girls, and they are just on fire for Jesus. And sometimes when we think things don't work, aren't working out, and pain crouch, you know, encroaches into our lives, I think the only thing that we can do is say, okay, I'm just going to come back, I'm going to turn it back to you, Jesus. Would you try and make sense of it? To come back into the place where Simeon started, in the presence of Jesus. Because in the presence of Jesus, his grace washes over us. It doesn't always explain why, but he is the one who comforts. He is our advocate. He speaks up on behalf of those who are powerless. Having said that, you can't just talk about pain. But Jesus came to bring extraordinary joy, to bring purpose and meaning. And in the same way, when we look around and we see some of these children, you know, when when Josh was just sort of like running around and can we pick him up? No, no, he just wants to run. Yeah, come on, just do it, just just run. Run with all your, here we go. Run with all your heart, you know. But there is something about, and we need to be the people that that see the joy in, in situations and see the joy in children and encourage them and know God is good. Uh, there were, just last thing to, to finish with is this, that occasionally people used to say to us, when we had like, really little children, and they would say to us when they were six, they, and then one child was really naughty, they would say, I think you're going that way, well done, <coughs> slightly lost, it's fine. When a child was like, really naughty at six, somebody would come to us occasionally and say, oh, you wait till they're eight, <laughs> that's awful. Or when they were one, they would say, oh, you wait till they're two, that is really bad. Whatever age, whatever age, you know, you know, they're 33 now, you wait till they're 35. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, whatever it is. But some people will just like prophesy sort of like pain and, and doom and it's all going to get worse and just think, no, I am not having it. I'm not having it. Enjoy every single moment. And when you see children running around, like this little boy here, you think, no, enjoy it. No, God is good. God will bring extraordinary joy into our lives if we can be in his presence and just know that it won't be like an Instagram family. It won't be like that. There is the reality of life in our hearts. We need to keep praying for Lucy and Joshua and Elliot. It's funny this morning to just sit praying for children, also praying for people that you know. Actually, there's sometimes, even coming to a service like this is painful because you think, oh, I'd like children. Well, we just keep bringing it to God. Been praying for you this morning. I know some people in here, you think, oh, I'd love to have, love to have children. And this morning we're just going to keep praying, just keep praying. God's heart over you, God's blessing over your life. Can I just ask you to stand with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that Simeon was a man in the Spirit. Help us to be men and women so in love with you, Holy Spirit. Pray, Lord, that we would always see your purpose for these, the, the, the lives of the children around us. I pray that every single one of us, Lord, would catch on to that sense of, no, this is what you've called me for, that we would be unashamed, that we would step into it. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be surprised when you call us to do extraordinary, wonderful things. And we pray too, Lord, that we would be the men and women that are in your presence in the joy and in the pain of life. Help us to be courageously worshipping of you, Lord. I I pray, Lord, that you would see phenomenal breakthrough in our lives when we recognise the reality of our situations and yet we still come into your presence. Father, thank you. Lord, we, just, we lift up Lucy and Joshua and Elliot. Thank you for these extraordinary little children. We pray, pray your, your guarding over them. We pray for their parents. We ask, O oh Lord, that today would be a significant day of, of filling them with your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. Jesus.